Welcome back to Contractor Evolution. This is Benji. The late and great Arnold Palmer asserted that golf was a game predominantly played in the six inches between the ears. Business and life are no different. Your mental game, what happens inside that head of yours, influences reality to such a profound degree it's difficult to measure. Where you set your sights, how you feel about yourself and your work, what you think is possible for you and your team, and how you handle massive setbacks. All of this and a lot more are 100% dictated by the thoughts you allow or do not allow through your mind. The contractor's formula for a high-performance mindset exists, and Sean Foyer of Sean Foyer Consulting is here to break it down for us. He's built a mindset framework specifically for contractors and actively coaches about 60 individuals through it. So today's conversation is about the most common self-limiting beliefs that contractors struggle with, where they come from, and what we should do about it, why deciding what you truly want is different from what you think you can have. And lastly, we go through a super practical, easy to implement three-step daily mindset routine, which I've actually already started doing, by the way, and I'm absolutely loving. Sean gives us the fluff-free, non-woo-woo approach to disrupting your thoughts and reprogramming your mind for success and abundance. You're listening to Contractor Evolution, where we unpack the systems, tactics, and skills you need to take your fast-growing contracting business to the next level. If you're here to learn what it takes to scale up, work less, and increase profitability, you've come to the right place. Stay tuned to learn what separates the new breed of contractor from the old school, and welcome to your ultimate guide on the business of contracting. Sean, how are you, man? It's good to see you. Hey, Benji, I'm great. How are you doing today? I'm very well. I'm excited to uh, I'm excited to have you. I'm excited to see you. We had a really fun prep block last week, and uh, you come highly recommended. We've got a number of members that that uh, pushed me in your direction. So I'm going to start with um, this question here, man. Okay. When it comes to mindset, why do you think that this is so key for construction and trades on entrepreneurs in particular? You know, and, and a great question. Great question. I mean, mindset is important for everybody, but I find specifically in the construction trades, um, a lot of us from the backgrounds we come from, the mindset and the programming that makes us very successful is also the mindset that at some point ends up holding us back. How do you mean? And so... Um, you know, you know, examples that I, that I see in contractors, um, a lot of us um, like to do everything ourselves. Um, don't like trusting other people, like to try and control as many things on the outside as we can. Some of us have a chip on our shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, from the way we grew up, we have something to prove. And so, you know, these internal, we'll, we'll, we'll dive deeper as we get into this on how those are created. But most contractors I work with have these programs that run that push them to succeed and mm-hmm. they push them. And from, from my experience, you know, most of the contractors I've seen in like the three to 10 million of gross revenue, these programs and paradigms have served them very well. Right. Uh, they get it done that if it's, if it's going to be, it's up to me type attitude. Um, so it we gets see them it to start- a certain point, it gets them to a certain point, but then it does stop serving them uh, at some point in their trajectory and their growth. It's kind of, served the role that's meant to play that 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 program as you mentioned has done what it needs to do and it, it actually becomes a hindrance at some point is that is that am i understanding that correctly 
A hundred percent. Yeah. And you, you know, I mean, a lot of contractors, you know, we see them come out of the trades. We see them maybe come out of the sales side of the trades. We don't usually see them come out of business school. Mm -hmm. And so we're coming out of one of those trades and we're working our butt off. And, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs end up all of a sudden they break a million dollars. And now instead of a job, they've got a business, but they didn't know how to run a business. And the programming that made them really good at their job is not the same programming that's going to make them really good at running a business. And, you know, as you go at the academy, you guys have great tools to help them run the business. But I found, and we dive into my background, even with the right tools, if my mindset doesn't match what it needs to be for these tools to work, the tools don't work as well as they're intended to work. And that, that's what got me to, my, to mindset work because I've been working, you know, I grew up in the construction business, um, had my own business, spent over 20 years in the industry. I was part of some great organizations that offered training. I went to work for one of these organizations. And at the end of the day, I found it's not a training issue. It's an implementation you know, if we get really good information, it's got to be implemented. And what I found a lot of the thing blocking correct implementation is mindset. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm just curious, like what, what, what kind of business were you, what kind of contracting, what industry were you, were you in before kind of finding your way here? So I grew up, I met uh, the gentleman I called dad when I was six years old. Um, he was a siding installer here in Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, he just partnered with what ended up being his um, pretty much lifelong partner in the business. And so I grew up in the siding business, um, mm -hmm. at, at, you know, probably what, 10, 10, 15 years in, we added um, roofing and replacement windows. And so, yeah, I, I came from the exterior remodeling business, um, Cool. Spent, spent a lot of time. I mean, I, I sat, we call them the seats in the bus, right? I sat in the production seat for a long time, especially as a, as a young teenager. I went into administrative, I went into the sales role, and then I ended up owning uh, the company and, later and on. Have you kind of thought about this philosophically? Like, like, why are you doing the work you're doing? What's your purpose? What's your why behind all this? Uh, <laughs> you know, um, it, it's interesting because the paradigms that we're talking about, the things that made me successful, and I didn't start my dad's business. I just stepped into it. But all of my programming, all of my paradigms, that, as we'll define later on, pushed me to, I had a chip on my shoulder. I had something to prove. And you know, uh, I'll be 50 this year. When I hit about 40, I had all this cool stuff on the outside, but I was lacking some things on the inside. And so I ended up going through my own personal journey um, that involved me stepping away from the family business, going to work for this training organization, um, actually going through a, a divorce after 20 years of marriage, having some challenging issues with both of my parents. And, you know, long, long story short, when I started my consulting business, I had been working for a large company that was training masses of contractors and it wasn't, it wasn't working as well as I thought it could. Yeah. And I was very passionate, you know, as I fell into this, I, I was looking for some tools to help myself. I found I really liked helping other people. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the reason I do this is I found, um, as much as I love home improvements and I do love the industry, it's been so good to me and my family, you know, there's nothing better than driving by a job you did 15 years ago and seeing the improvement on that house. And I'm big in, you know, I talk about the spirit of the business, the home improvement industry. We're improving people's number one investment for the most part, their home. It's where they bring babies and celebrate anniversaries and birthdays and holidays. Um, and as much as I like improving the home, I found I like helping improve the man and the, and the woman behind the business as much as that. And, you know, for me, my, my path in life has given me a lot of unique experiences as a business owner, as a sales trainer, um, 
Yeah, I, I just to become passionate. And you said I came highly recommended. You know, the couple uh, contractors I work with within your network, um, I've helped them think better thoughts. You know, I've got some really cool tools. They were already successful business people. They'd already used their programming to get to a certain level. And it's just been really cool to mix what I found with mindset and expanding it. You know, um, if you want, well, I'm just going to throw an analogy here. Like yeah. a, an elephant gets trained by a little tiny, a baby elephant gets trained by a, a, a little rope and a stake in the ground, right? And as a full-grown elephant, it can only... When it's hooked to that stake, it can only go in whatever circumference that stake and that rope allow. And that's kind of what mindset is when we, you know, that limiting belief that pushes us for so long, gets us to a level. And then all of a sudden we get to a day and we're like, I can't see outside this circle. And to me, mindset work, when we're doing the correct mindset, it's pushing our thinking outside that circle. It's taking the rope off of our leg and allowing us to, to wander. And it's really cliche to say, get outside your comfort zone. That's what it means to get outside your comfort zone. It's getting out of your programmed thought process into something that's new and different. And that is where the growth is. Such a great analogy. So I got a question for you. Why or how does mindset work work? And as I've told you before, with this audience, the less, the less woo-woo of a definition you can give, the better. Well, and again, I hear you and I feel you. And, and for me, my journey to mindset, I, I started with some of the woo-woo people and literally, you know, talking about the law of attraction and just sit and meditate and burn some incense and things are magically going to appear in your life, right? I mean, I, I like to joke, the law of attraction is bullshit, right? It is because the law of attraction ends in action and you got to take some massive action. And so to me, mindset is changing the thoughts I'm thinking to get some better feelings, to create some better actions, to get some better results. And that's very practical. I mean, that's, that is mindset. And, and that is, you know, to me, the law of attraction does work, but it's a secondary law to the law of vibration. And, and this isn't woo-woo. This is science. You can research this. You know, if you put some things on a table and you start vibrating, they're either going to move towards each other or away from each other. And so for me, if I want to use the law of attraction, if I want to grow my business, I think bigger thoughts which give me in a better energy, a better excitement. And that way, because the best run construction company in the United States or Canada is organized chaos. We're dealing with old homes, weather, human beings. I mean, there's so many variables that with all the systems in place, you're still going to have headaches. And if I don't do something every day to get my mindset right, I'm going to get wore down over time and I'm going to, I'm going to not get the, the maximum results that I can. And so that's why it's so important to me. And again, I can get it to a very practical level. This is science. This is how your mind works. This is how gravity <laughs> and some of the laws of the universe, not in a woo way. And you know, like right now, Benji, there's inside the studio and there's outside the studio, right? Totally. That's a, that's a law of contrast, a law of polarity. There's abundance thinking and there's scarcity. There's no love without hate. Totally. There's no joy without sadness. And so as I'm doing mindset, I'm just finding this is how my mind works. And I've got some cool tools to help, you know, individuals understand how their mind works better than they did prior to our conversations. And then they, we use our mind to plug into 
the physical world that we live in and we get better results when we think better thoughts. It's really black and white to me in that, in that arena. I'm very, very happy with that definition. You've passed the, <laughs> you've passed the woo woo sniff test. And to be fair, like I'm a little, I'm a bit woo woo myself. What am I? I can't, I can't knock it completely, but it, you know, it's fun. Like, you know, being totally real in this particular space, there's quite a wide range of professionalism <laughs> and uh, articulation and um, and I think accuracy <laughs> when it comes to the way people describe this and what you said, we're, I'm definitely going to clip that and we'll use it for socials. But, uh, cool. you know, law of attraction doesn't work without action. And the few of the things you said is just like I think I think hits hits the nail on the head. Let, let's move on to some maybe just like baseline definitions. I'm sure within your framework and your coaching groups and the entrepreneurs you work with, there's all sorts of lingo that gets um, inherited and adopted and used just like there is a Breakthrough Academy. But maybe for our listeners who aren't actively working with a mindset coach, uh, I think some, you know, one-on-one level definitions of terms might be good to start. So I'm just going to ask you a few, let's define the mind, but in particular, the difference between maybe the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. Yes. And, and again, it's, it's really interesting. If we think about it, we think in pictures as human beings, like right now, Benji, if I had you close your eyes and I told you to imagine a beach ball, Mm-hmm. A red, white, and blue beach ball, Got and it. it's bouncing on the beach, and all of a sudden it stops at a little boy's feet. You can see that, right? Mm-hmm. If I describe to you what my car looks like, um, you, you, you can see it in detail. White mm-hmm. Jeep Wrangler, four doors, um, slight lift, Got big it. tires, black roof. You can see it. Mm-hmm. Now, if I say, Benji, what does your mind look like? Yeah, I don't know. I'm stumped. <laughs> and, see, and, and, I've done, and I've done this, and people a lot of times will see their brain, which the brain is the instrument of the mind that sends the commands, but there is no definition of the mind. It could be, and this is woo-woo, and we won't go into that because there's so many, but but let's make it simple for this. And literally, if you draw a circle right now, that's your mind. And if you take a line through it, the top is your conscious mind and the bottom is your subconscious mind. Here's a visual for your mind, okay? Very, very simple. Now, there's lots of parts, and you can sit and argue with me, but for this definition, I want to give contractors a visual. That's your mind. The top part is the conscious that is literally responsible for 5% of your daily activity. Mm. The bottom half, the subconscious, is responsible for 95% of your daily activity. Now, if you think about that, the word subconscious in itself is kind of like similar to the word submarine. You know, right now, I know on both of the, both the borders of the United States, we have nuclear subs below the water. Sure. They stay there. They protect us. Nobody knows they're there. That's how your subconscious mind is. It's literally, and from our creator, it's there to protect us and keep us safe. And so the 95% every day is trying to keep you safe by keeping you efficient. And so mm-hmm. if you think about the way you get dressed, you know, I'm bald. I shave my head every day. I go left to right. If I try and do it right to left, I'll nick myself. I slow myself down. When I put my pants on, I put my left First and then my right. right. I've tried differently and it feels weird. I mean, the biggest thing, if you, if you question anything I'm saying, here's a little test. And I would say if you're listening and driving, don't do this, right? Especially the <laughs> close your eyes parts. But I bet you do this with me. Take your hands and just clasp them together. And kind of squeeze them so they're tight. Now notice which thumb is on top, your right or my your right. left? My right. Okay, so mine's my right too. There's no right answer here. I always make that joke, right? If it's your left, that's cool. Now just change it. Now just shift one finger and oh, put your yeah. opposite thumb no, on this top. Is, this is terrible. This is absolutely is, terrible. Don't I'm, you want to go back? back. Yeah. 
Okay. Somebody just got so in like you, a heavy equipment accident too, by the way. <laughs> Somebody listening so just, is just taking their eye off the, the job they're on and crashed the back. Oh, just joking. Yeah, no, that feels absolutely disgusting. I don't, I hated it. I want to go back. So that's how programmed we are. Right. Just, just listeners, just feel that for a minute. If you did that, we're trying to make some changes, maybe some major changes in our business, maybe some major changes. I mean, January, New Year's resolutions. You can't even move your fingers, one finger different without your body. And it's, it's, there's a reason for it. I mean, our subconscious mind is powerful. It's so we don't have to think about everything. You know, in the construction world, especially in, in home sales, you know, I know I grew up, you're driving around trying to talk to a customer. You got paperwork in front of you. You're trying to eat a cheeseburger at, you can do it because your subconscious mind is running all the programs for you. So in that aspect, it's amazing. But the definition is, your subconscious mind is filled with paradigms. Okay, well, that was the next thing here. on the list. Yeah, that was the next yeah. definition. So what, what is a paradigm? And how is that different from a self-limiting belief? Or are they the same so thing? It, they, they can be the same thing. So to me, a paradigm, and my definition for paradigm, is a collection of thoughts, habits, or beliefs that reside in the, in the subconscious mind. So they're basically habits and beliefs that reside in your 95%. So... When you're consciously having a 5% conscious thought of, hey, I'm going to get in better shape this year, 95% of you is saying, it's a lot easier to sit on the couch. You like watching Netflix. You like ice cream Sundays. whatever. That comes from the programming, right? And so, you know, I spent almost 40 years of my life working against my paradigms. Mm -hmm. And I did a pretty damn good job. From the outside world, I looked very successful. Successful company, nice house, beautiful family. But the problem is I got to my breaking point where I couldn't go beyond my paradigms, my programs. And then I also realized that some of my biggest paradigms were about self-worth and self-love. And I'd done a really good job of building a bunch of stuff on the outside, but I hadn't done a lot of work at building it on the inside. And mm -hmm. so that's why I'm so passionate. I just don't want to see anybody else go through some of the challenges I did because I just went with good, good enough. Like I, I've got a good life. I don't need a great life. I've got a really, really, really good life. And I've found if you stay stuck in good for too long, you're either growing or you're dying. You're never staying the same. So that said, you know, you just mentioned some of your paradigms and the stuff that had you stuck. When now, now looking and surveying the external world, and and you know, you're uniquely positioned to have a broad perspective on this, given how many contractors come through your program, and you're able to, I'm sure, really get into the weeds with a lot of them on on an individual one-on-one -on -one basis, and then probably in groups. So you, you kind of have a vantage point on this that I don't think a lot of people would. What are the most common self-limiting beliefs that you see in the entrepreneurs that you and I both work with? Uh, number one is control paradigm, trying to control and really trying to control the uncontrollable, right? Trying to control other people, uh, other activities. And, you know, I spent a lot of time talking about this. My big breakthrough in mindset was the realization that I actually don't control anything but my thoughts and my actions. Mm -hmm. You think it's that little? It, 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 it really is. I mean, you think about it. Do we control the economy? Do we control the weather? Do we control our employees? Do we control our suppliers? Do we control our customers? We certainly think we do. <laughs> we don't. We don't. They're going to do what they're going to do, right? We can give them guidelines. We can give them procedures. But at some point, and this is the thing, you know, somebody with a massive control paradigm might be able to run a company up to 5, 10, 20 employees, but at a certain point, they've got to re re 
relinquish control. I mean, they've got to let go and allow. And you've probably seen it with trainings. Like you give a training, this is how it's supposed to work. And somewhere in there, there's some delegation. There's some letting go. There's some allowing. There's some trusting. Mm -hmm. And the control paradigm. I mean, it's crazy because I literally will have a contractor that says consciously 5%. I want to do this. I've got this great manager. He's going to run things for me. I'm going to let him have it. A week later, I'm talking to the manager and said, he's driving me crazy. He keeps texting me. He keeps talking, going around me. He keeps talking. And he's not doing it on purpose. It's that subconscious program running. Like they literally, we literally can't help ourselves. So number number one is control. And not that you're a control freak, but just that you're trying to control things you can't. Uh, I think that I, my perspective on it is people say that they want leaders within their business because it's what you're supposed to say and it sounds good. And then when they actually have leaders in their business making decisions and doing things somewhat unilaterally, somewhat without the the entrepreneur's involvement, they, they lose their fucking mind. Like it's like <laughs> it's literally like that. They'll, they'll be right back. They're like you did what you said. What can I give a report on this? And it's like, well, hey, man, like I'm, you hired me and you're paying me a lot of money to do this stuff for you. And now we're basically just doing it, holding doing it side by side. Now, what's the point? You've created What's no the, leverage. So I, I well, 100% know what you're saying about the control paradigm. What are some of the other ones? Well, this is we didn't talk about this one in the pre, but I'm going to throw it out here. Just hard work. Like most contractors know they have to bust their ass. And then you get to a point and this goes with the control. You're letting go and it's not as hard as it was. And we're almost programmed that it's supposed to be hard. And if we don't, you know, you know, we get we get business owners to get their business to a point where they don't have to do as much. Yes. They, they start going crazy because they've got the control paradigm and they've also got the I got to work my ass off paradigm, which at some level they don't. Um, but they have trouble relaxing. They have trouble letting go. So that's that's another one right along with this. I'm just going to flow into the next one. We sure. did talk about Superman or Superwoman. And this is, you know, a lot of us in the construction world just didn't grow up under what you would call a silver spoon environment, right? Like split families, some challenges. And let's go back. One thing I want to define that we didn't really define, how does a paradigm get there? How does my 95% get programmed? Mm. There's only two ways. Space repetition of thought, somebody telling me something over and over or me thinking something over and over or an emotional event. And so when I'm talking about the control paradigm, the hard work, for most of us, we heard it from our parents um, we had emotional events with one, maybe one parent left or maybe one parent passed away. And now this Superman or Superwoman is I have to do everything myself. I can't rely on others. That comes from growing up, not having people to rely on, having people let you down, having to fight and work and struggle. And, you know, a lot of us in this industry, that's how we grew up and that's what we had to do. And so no matter the one you're talking, and I think there's a couple more we'll get to, but like, like, uh, you have a, a control paradigm, a hard work paradigm, a Superman or superwoman paradigm, these, these, you know, whatever you have, and you may have a, you probably have a combination of some of them. It's, yes. it's, it's from a repeated thought. So something you're told, and then you reinforce in your own thinking through time or a traumatic event, like something happened and that kind mm-hmm. of changed the trajectory or, or it left an imprint on your mind. Yeah. And if you think about it, we go back. I talked about the mind is here to keep us safe. If somebody you loved and cared about abandoned you or mistreated you as a young child, that put your mind in a program to not trust people because you're going to get hurt. And the mind is trying to protect you. So then you get to a successful business. You still got that underlying protection up. And that's where, you know, the first step in mindset is awareness, figuring out what are my paradigms. And for, you know, a lot of them serve us to a point, right? That's what got us to this certain level. But then we have to, you know, 
take this evaluation, is it still serving me? And would maybe changing it or thinking a little bit differently about situations empower me to go to the next level? What were some, what were some of the other like really common self-limiting beliefs or paradigms that you see prevalent in this space? Scarcity, mm. um, not enough time, not enough money. You know, I've, I've worked with, with business owners that, you know, in high school, they had to scrap and work for five bucks to put in their gas tank and they right. have memories of running out of gas and being on the side of the road. Today, they have a couple hundred thousand dollars in the bank. They drive a brand new Denali with a gas card that, and they still have that fear of losing things. And right. so that's, that, that's a common one. I'm scarcity, not enough time, not enough money. And it's interesting because you think about that, that's just your mind trying to keep you safe. And I've worked with lots of business owners and high level managers that hundred thousand in the bank isn't enough. 200, a million isn't enough because the scarcity paradigm is so strong that they won't be able to sleep at night until they take care of the, the mindset. It's not the money that's going to fix it. It's the mindset. So what do you think if left unchecked, if we have one or more kind of self-limiting beliefs that are really kind of nestled in there and stuck, what does that rob from us? What does that make unavailable to us over the long term? Peace of mind. Peace what of else? mind. Um, the, the, the other one, and, and this is, if right now, if we were throwing out self-limiting beliefs, things that hold us back and we had 20 or 30, yeah. I've, just, I've just found with working with you know, hundreds, if not thousands of individuals, every single one of us has this keystone self-limiting belief that sits at the bottom of all of them, and it's, am I enough? And I don't care how successful you are on the outside, every single one of us has that, even if it's a little bit, it's, am I enough? And you know, I, I joke sometimes that I'm the guy that can make a 300 pound rough and tough roofer cry, but I can't because you, you, when you get inside and start thinking about, you know, for me, when I was really honest with myself and looked in the mirror, I said, Sean, you, you built a whole bunch of cool shit on the outside to validate yourself, to make you feel like you were enough. And unfortunately, there's not enough stuff in the world that can validate your enoughness. Like you have to find it within yourself. And again, We'll talk about some tools, but it's an inside job. It is sometimes looking in the mirror and saying, man, you are enough, man. I love you, man. You've always been enough. You know, some of this cheesy, touchy-feely stuff. It's not woo-woo. It's, it's cheesy, touchy-feely stuff. Um, but that's that's the cool thing. And honestly, you know, without going too deep into my story, I had a great life, and then I pushed the reset button. Mm. And I literally started over in 2016 financially and my personal relationships and in less than six years, using this mindset stuff that I now teach, I redesigned my whole life. And instead of working against my paradigms, my programming that was holding me back, I changed them. I literally changed them. And now my 95% serves me. Instead of limiting me, it serves me. It's like, you know, if you want to get a good workout program, don't consciously try to go to the gym. Don't consciously try to do all these things. Program it in so it just runs. And when you look in the mirror and your image that you had on the inside is not match on the outside, you know, for me, if I get within five or 10 pounds of where I want to be, I'll end up at the gym twice a day. I'll start doing hot yoga. It's a program that I put into myself. And so let's talk, we'll share some tools. Yeah, yeah. Let, let, let's, that's a good segue. Like, like, let's get into some of these practical tools for better self-programming. I like, I guess another way to frame the question is what's the formula What's the formula for a really high performance mental game? The very, very first step is decide what the hell you want. And the, there is so much power in decision. Just make a decision. 
you know, when, when I work with people, I, I call it the trifecta. I like to work in three areas, finance, health and wellness, and relationship with self. And so just for a starting point, if you're listening to this, you know, and maybe you could do a quick, like, how do I rate myself, my finances? How do I rate myself on my health and wellness? And how do I rate myself on my relationship with me? And whichever one you think has the most room for improvement is probably a good place to start. And then decide, what do you want? If it's finances, like, what do you want? A million dollars, $10 million, $100 million. Like, what do you want? And when I'm playing this exercise, time, money aren't an issue. We're literally trying to get into our imagination and create a new idea of what's possible. And the cool thing about this process is as you decide what you want, and if you make sure it's outside of what you think you can have, it's going to challenge some of your programming. Mm-hmm. And that's where the growth is. That's where we do mindset work to get to the next level. Do a lot of people you know? get stuck on the, uh, <laughs> this is what I think I can have track versus this is what I actually want? Yes. I mean, cheese, not cheesy, but like real world examples. I'm talking to somebody and they want a bigger house and they say, oh, no, that's too big a house. Why is that too big? Because I don't want to clean it. My wife doesn't want to clean it. My husband doesn't want to clean it. What if you had a cleaner? Oh, I didn't think about that. What if you had a driver? What You know what I mean? Every step of the way. Right. You know, I was working with a really high level business owner a few years ago telling him that I thought my mindset work could help him. And this is a guy that runs a very large organization. He's very successful by all means. And he's like, Sean, I, you know, I just don't know that I need mindset work. And we were having this conversation and I said, well, let's think of a bigger, bigger thing than you're thinking right now. And, and he's a huge Buccaneers fan. I said, what if you own the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? And he started laughing. He goes, I don't want to own them. I love going to the Buck games. I don't want to own the Bucks because I said, why? Because of all the responsibility. He gave me a bunch of self-limiting beliefs. Right. And, and as I point him out, it was one of those, ah, you got me there. I, I, I'm limiting my thinking. And he's, he's been working with me now for a couple of years and he's thinking big, bigger than ever. In fact, he's got some really cool goals that he's decided. And again, go back to decision, decide what you want. What's step number two? So step number two is the first thought you have after you think of something outside of what you think you can have is mm-hmm. why you can't have it. So clarify those reasons. Why do you think you can't have it? Because those are some of your paradigms. Those are some of your self-limiting beliefs. Mm. And, you know, things I hear, not enough time or money, scarcity, too young, too old, like whatever the the thought is. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's too much work. Sometimes it's, you know, I don't, you know, I've had gentlemen that have had, you know, a five to seven million dollar company and they think I don't want to own a 20 or a 30 million because of the. I have so much work now. I have no work-life balance. What is it going to be there? And it's like, well, if you get rid of the control paradigm, you get some good people in place, you actually might be able to run that size organization working less. When you're talking about the reasons why people think they can't have it, is it like extremely unique and individual every time? Or is it like basically a common pattern of the same, I don't know, six or eight things? (laughs) That's That's a great question. I think... The paradigms are similar, right? The story or the color or the events might be different, but that's kind of what I'm asking. Like everyone kind of maybe has a different journey that got them there, but like, you know, in in our work, like there's basically only six challenges that people have when it comes to systemizing their business. You know what I mean? Like they don't understand their numbers. They haven't defined roles for anyone. They can't recruit and attract talent. 
they have no training in onboarding systems, no way to like transfer knowledge, few other things that they would like be really roadblocked by. And they would, they would describe that different ways and there'd be a different reason every time, but the root cause is almost always, you know, one of a pretty short list of things. And I just wonder if mindset work is kind of the same way. It, it is the, the, the common paradigms we talked about earlier, right? Am I enough scarcity yeah. control the superhuman? Those are the programs that run that keep them from wanting to get to the next level. And if you think about it, once I decide what I want, most people go from there to the how. And this is a trick with mindset is the second you go to the how, it starts to get complicated and you start to come up with the reasons you think you can't have it. And so so going back to step one, when you're deciding what you want, let go of the how for a little bit. Because again, law of attraction, you're going to take action and you're going to come up with a how. But I want you to really work on the belief and decide what you want before you get into the business plan of how you're going to do it. Because sometimes the planning of it is what takes you out of the belief. Mm. And so um, decide what you want and then forget two things. Forget how you're going to do it and don't have to, you don't have to justify the why, the how and the why. Because a lot of times, you know, I've, I've had people, you know, I, I used to joke, um, you know, I went to buy a Porsche and somebody told me I couldn't. Well, the, the person who told me I couldn't was me. I said, I have four young kids. I have all these other, I gave up with all my lists. I could have, right? But I came up with my, my reasons. And for a, a lot of people, when they decide what they want, step two, they decide why they can't have it before they even believe it's possible for them. So decide what you want, clarify why you think you can't have it. What, what sort of like the next step in the process, if you're saying like resist the how, what, what should we do? Is there a way to kind of implement this further? Yeah, it has to become a belief. You know, I, I, anytime I'm working with anybody, whatever you believe is possible is what you're seeing on the outside. And, and, and so if you're trying to get a bigger thought, you decide on something that's bigger and you're not seeing it and you don't see how it's possible you got to get it inside. And so um, write it down. Come up with a clear, concise statement that you can write down every day. So these are like the yeah, actual but, action steps. This is like, uh, this is practical, like do this tomorrow type steps. And you're saying do some mm -hmm. writing or, or, or maybe describe yeah. that more. Yeah. So step one, write down what you decided you want. Okay. Like, I mean, I'm just going to, let's say I want a million dollars. Okay. Write it in present tense. I am so happy and grateful now that I have a million dollars. Step two. Come up with some affirmations to write that are the opposite of the reasons you think you can't have that million dollars. Give me an example. Um, if it's a scarcity, if it's not enough time, I am a time creator. I, if you're a scatterbrain and you think about too many things and you can't stay focused, I am focused. I am determined. Like the, the, the step two, the, the reasons you think you can't have it, once you have that down, we write opposite statements that are going to reprogram the opposite into us. So it's literally like that cartoon of Bart Simpson writing lines on a chalkboard, like you're doing that for yourself. <laughs> yes, and it's magic. It, like this is not woo-woo BS. This is decide what you want. I want a million dollars. The reasons you can't have it, whatever it is, uh, scarcity, I am abundant, Fo lack of focus, procrastination, I am action, I am focused, you know, I am worthy. A lot of us... You know, and I've had people that have that money come and have trouble receiving it because yeah. at some level they feel like they, so I am worthy. You know, the one with I am enoughness, I recommend everybody that I ever come into contact. If you're going to start doing some affirmations, say these three things to yourself every single day. I am enough. I have always been enough. I will always be enough. Mm. And if you look in the mirror and you say any of these and they feel funny, that's the point. <laughs> 
Because if it didn't feel funny, you would already believe it and you wouldn't need to work on that. And, you know, whenever I'm working with clients one on one, that's the first feedback I get is, Sean, this feels silly. I feel like I feel like I'm I'm playing make believe. You are because you don't believe it yet. You know, if if you want to if you want to get more self-confidence and you don't like the way you appear. I mean, I worked with one gentleman once. I'm like, I want you to say I'm a sexy bitch every day, 20 times in the mirror. He started laughing. Oh, Sean, look at me, man. I'm out of shape. I'm overweight. I have no hair. I don't care. You can show up in confidence and be a sexy bitch, but you have to believe it inside before it'll ever show up. And when people start doing that, they start acting differently. When you start believing it, you start act, you start caring about things that you didn't care about before at a subconscious level. What do you think, um, what role do visualizations play in all this? Like, is that, is that maybe a part of the practice? Yes. A hundred percent. I mean, hundred percent visualization helps with the repetition because I'm not only saying it, I'm seeing it in my mind. And when I see it, I can feel it. And so to me, visualization helps with, with two things. It helps me see it and it helps me feel it. And there are literally Olympic studies with athletes that did visualization in their, they would literally think about doing their, their activity, whether it's running, throwing, and they would track and the brain would fire impulses like as if they were actually doing it. So the power and, and you know, there's celebrity stories, Jim Carrey, was homeless sitting in his car in the hills of Beverly Hills, writing himself a check and visualizing that he was famous and that it came to be. So visualization is huge. It's, what, it's really just like break it down a little bit more. Like, do you, is, is there a time of day where it's best? How long should it take? What do you just close your eyes and kind of go there mentally? Like, what do you, what do you tell your, uh, your contractors to do to really become kind of methodical and religious about their visualizations? So the first step is your daily affirmation and it's writing before we get to visualizing. And let's talk about that for just a minute, because there's, I, and I've worked with a lot of contractors, especially I don't, Sean, I don't read. I don't write. Just know that I just go do stuff. Right. Well, the fact that you think you don't write is a paradigm. It's a program. So let's change that for you. Let's get a, a pencil and a piece of paper. Let's take it out of your mind and put it into the physical world. There's just something magical. It's an idea. Now it's on paper. The other thing is we're now putting it down on paper so we can see it. That's a a visualization in itself. I'm so happy, grateful now that I'm a million-dollar sales rep. I now see it on the outside world. So I got it. The other thing is it creates focus. You can't sit and write a sentence like that and think about the 30 things you have to do. Mm -hmm. Right? You know, I talked about multitasking before when you're driving down the free- freeway. You can't write your affirmations while you're talking on your cell phone and eating your cheeseburger. You have to right. focus. Right. And so to me, that's the important. So step one is have some daily affirmation practice where you're writing that you write what pen you to want paper in a journal, pen to paper. That's yeah. step one. And then step two is as part of this process, just close your eyes and do some visualization. And for me, when I'm visualizing and some of us can see pictures, some of us can see color, some of us can just feel to me, the most important thing is when you see it. What does that feel like? Because that's what's going to drive it home. We talked about the paradigm. Repetition is one part. Emotional event. And visualization, to me, helps lock that emotion. You know, if I can literally see myself in that abundance, if I can see myself in that success, oh, my gosh. You know, that feels amazing. The new house, the new car, the vacation with my kids running around on the beach, and we're just relaxing. I can see that. And, again, it's every single day. Space right. repetition of thought. Write it down. Hold it in your mind. Anything else as a part of this practice? Gratitude. <laughs> Gratitude. That's that to me. I call it vitamin G. Your daily dose of vitamin G. And 
and this took me a long time to figure this out because I used to, I, I used to always want the next, and in wanting the next, whether it was a bigger house, a nicer car, I would feel the lack in not having right. it. And when we're talking about trying to track law of attraction, maybe a little woo-woo here, woo-woo warning. <laughs> if you're going for something you've never had before, you get excited. Right. That's a good feeling. When you feel the lack of not having it, that doesn't feel good, and that actually pushes you away. So, so for me, I found gratitude to be the key between what I have and what I'm trying to get. Because if I think about, let's say, let's say I'm driving a, a you know, a, a nice car, but I want a nicer car. When I think about the nicer car, I feel good. And then that same moment when I'm grateful for the car I do have, it keeps me in a positive vibration. The second part of this is when you're doing the visualization, be grateful for that that you don't have yet. Like, right. like there, there is such thing as a gratitude practice for what's coming. Right? right. So I'm thankful for what I have. I'm thankful for what I'm going to have. And that goes to the belief, right? If I have burned a hard enough vision in my mind of this big goal, I can be grateful for it right now. You know, right. the, the reason affirmations work is you say them in present tense as if they've already happened. Do gratitude in the same way. I'm so happy and grateful for this million dollars that I already have, even when I don't have it. And if I can feel gratitude for it, that just feels good. And if I go out, you know, and this is some. If I want to earn a million dollars, I better be willing to give a million dollars worth of service. So whatever you're doing, add value as a business owner. Add value to your employees. Add mm -hmm. value to your customers. As a sales professional in the home improvement industry, if you want to be a million dollar sales rep, a two million dollar, a three million dollar, we've got five million dollar reps out there. You've got to give that much service. So that's a little bit different. But that goes along with this daily practice is I'm going to decide what I want. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to visualize it. I'm going to give gratitude. And I'm going to take that. And I'm going to go out into the world. And I'm going to add value to every interaction I have. Um, I, I love kind of how concrete all those steps are. It's pretty simple. Write what you want every day. Affirmations. Do it in the present tense. Spend some time visualizing that using your mind's eye, and then practice some gratitude for the things you already have. You're covering your bases, right? You're saying thank you for the stuff I already have, and then you're preemptively saying thank thank you for the things you're going to have. Um, and 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 would you make the case like from there on you just kind of like that's like. If we start with that, will we be surprised by the results that come? What will we begin to notice if this is working for us? You do this for 30 days straight, you're going to notice a lot of change around you. And the biggest thing is going to be the change in you. You're going to be more confident. You're going to be less stressed. You're just going to have an overall feeling of well-being. I, I do want to stress this because this sounds really easy, right? Mm. This sounds really easy. I'm not telling you to go lift heavy things to the gym. I'm not telling you to go in your backyard and dig ditches and dig holes and sweat and toil. I'm asking you to dedicate for yourself probably 30 minutes a day. But I've found after doing this for years now, the hardest thing is to get somebody to do something a little bit different. This goes back to the 95%, like the way our hands are programmed. You have your daily routine. And if you, especially contractors, Sean, I don't have time to spend 30 minutes working on myself. You don't know my to-do list. You don't know how many people I have blown my phone up at 6 a.m. And I love analogies. That's I'm just going to share. I'll, I'll, sh I'll share a quick story. Okay. Yeah. This is an old parable about two guys chopping wood. You've probably heard it. The one guy chops wood for eight hours straight. The end of eight hours, he's got a pile of wood, maybe four or five foot tall next to him. The guy next to him chopped wood for eight hours, but every 45 minutes, he took a 15 break. He disappeared. He came back. He went to work for 45 minutes. He took a break, came back. At the end of the day, his pile of wood is twice as tall. The yeah. guy that worked eight hours straight, and for you guys, maybe it's 16 hours straight. 
He said, what the hell? I worked straight through and didn't take a break and you got more wood than me. What were you doing every time you left? He was sharpening his ax. Yeah. And so for you as a contractor, you deserve 30 minutes a day to sharpen your mind. You deserve 30 minutes a day to hold that vision of what you decided you want, to do some affirmation work, to do some gratitude work, to get yourself ready because this is not a fun business. It beats you up. And if you don't do something on the inside, I call it my positivity shield that I put on every single morning. Mm-hmm. That's going to help me do, do it better every day. And that's going to help me get the results I want on the outside. Hundred um, percent. You you get out of it what you put into it, and I I really have you know I feel the same way about people who say they can't read. I can't read books. I'm so busy. I'm like then okay, man. Go have fucking have fun with that. I'm you know that's why people like you are here because you can shake them out of it. I'm too lazy. I'm just like whatever, dude. If you re- it's not that yeah, get an audiobook, dude. Put put it in the AirPod. You can do this. Um, no, no, so it, excuse, it, excuse it, me. It is, is, it is exhausting getting people to do it. It is. I hold a lot of space for a lot of people, but it's do. worth it when I see when I see the wins, man. It's to me that's my why. Like when I have somebody that has a major breakthrough, and it's so cool because we're talking about business. But this doesn't just apply to business. When you get better mindset in your business, you become a better father. You become a better husband, wife, spouse. Like I literally, the success stories that I get or I get a a client sending me a video of his teenage daughter doing her I am statements that he taught her because he's doing it for himself. That's the ripple effect where I'm like, yeah, this is this is good work. (laughs) Um, I'm glad there are people out there like you, Sean, because my empathy for excuse making is much less. And so we need people who are willing to roll up their sleeves and shake people out of it uh, and get them moving. This has been awesome, man. I think, I think you know, we will have to have you back because it's such a big conversation. But for today, let's leave it at that. If people want to connect with you, learn more about the work you do, the groups you run, the whole framework, where do they do that? All right. The best way to find me is Sean F., 360.com. So S-H-A-W-N-F 360.com. If you pull that up on your phone, it actually, you can save that as a contact from there. You can find my social media. Um, I've got my own podcast called enjoy the ride, the movement. You can find all of my information. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, but those are all through that 360 site that I just gave. So that really, and if you want to have a conversation, there's a link right on there to book a call with me. And I love doing free discovery sessions with contractors. Spend 15, 20 minutes. Um, I do offer a free behavioral profile, which gives you better understanding of how you're showing up and what motivates you. And I will give one of those to any listener um, that hears this and, and request a call with me. That's just something I do kind of as a, a, a value add and to build a relationship. I'm sure there's a few people driving around on the truck right now who do. And uh, for what it's worth, guys, Sean comes highly recommended for quite from quite a number of our from our, of our members. So, um, dude, I really appreciate you doing this with us. It's been fun getting to know you. Um, I'm sure we will cross paths again soon, but uh, I am going to keep taking my vitamin G every single day <laughs> and uh, we'll see you next time. OK, thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot for listening to this episode of Contractor Evolution. Uh, If you've already subscribed to our channel, consider sharing this episode with another contractor who you think needs to hear it.